Welcome to Monster Crush, the podcast for monster lovers. Each week, we discuss some of the hottest cryptids, monsters, and paranormal entities the world has to offer. Along the way, we make fun of ourselves, learn useless information, and discover our monster crush. Will your favorite monster make it to a second date? I am here with Yassine, or the Nobody Know, on Twitter, and he has some very special dates for me today. Is that correct? That's correct. I brought some monsters uh, from the Middle East, Ooh, or I'm... that have that they originate originate in the Middle East. I'm very excited. I I took a class in college on uh, the Middle East, and it was definitely one of my favorite classes, but I have since forgotten everything, of course, because that's what you do when you take a class. You remember it for the test, and then you forget everything, so I'm very excited to see if I know any of these creatures. Um, my knowledge, I think, is is very, very basic, but maybe maybe I'll know, but most likely, I think this will be all new information for me. Uh, part of these uh, creatures were also new information for me when I researched them because uh, there's part of uh, stories they tell you when you're a child and and then suddenly you research them and then it's it's suddenly even more uh, information and you get even more scared than before because um, I've brought two monsters um, from the Middle Eastern uh, folklore and two monsters from the Islamic folklore. And I truly believe that the the Islamic monsters actually exist. And I've, I've yeah, it's, and they tell you these, these stories because they want you to, to make sure you're uh, always safe. And then I, I read some stories about, well, we get, get to that a little bit later but yeah i'm, I'm now more more, uh, uh, more scared than before Ooh. simply of their existence okay i like <laughs> the sound of that actually so have you seen the 2016 movie under the shadow under i, I don't think so it's a uh it's a movie, I believe it's from Iran. Let me just double check. Yeah, so it, it takes place during the Iran-Iraq war. Mm-hmm. And a missile falls into this apartment complex but doesn't explode. And the the neighbors of this apartment complex believe that this missile has brought in a jinn. And so they begin to move out, but one woman in particular stays with her daughter, and then all of these strange things start happening. So it's a horror supernatural film that's about the jinn, and hmm. it's it's very good. So if you're if you're interested in this these these <laughs> I mean, stories, then maybe I, that I'll, would be a good movie. I, I'll probably end up watching the film. It's uh it's in Persian, but it it obviously has subtitles, yeah. and it's very it's a very slow methodical film it, it's very mm. it reminded me a lot of the Babadook which you know actually I think came out around the same time so they're both stories kind of about single mothers dealing with children right which is like the metaphor of the movie so they're very slow and there's a lot of slice of life and you know there's a lot of mother versus child dynamics but mm. it it's very creeping 
you know, as the movie goes on, you know that there's something not right. And and you feel like you shouldn't believe that there's something supernatural going on because that's silly and this is war and bad <laughs> things happen during war. But then things just don't make sense and you start to get yeah. really uncomfortable. And, and then it picks up and you're like, holy shit, oh my god, this is so scary. All right. Let us begin. Um, Tell me what you've got begin. for me. So first of all, we're going to travel a little bit back in time, just a little bit, back to 900 AD. That's where this, the first monster first appeared. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it appeared um, uh, in in the far east of the Byzantine Empire. That's like today, East Greece, uh, um, West Turkey, around mm-hmm. that area. There's, there's the story of this... Um, hunter who went into the woods to hunt and when he came back he he said that he he met um the 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 aras and the aras is is a word that doesn't exist in arab um in the arab vocabulary so everyone was simply uh how how should i say they were uh, they thought he he went mad simply Mm. he went mad because uh, he he met this monster that that doesn't even exist and what he said was that he went into the woods to hunt and he stood in front of this wolf and he was sure he was going to die but the wolf treated him like like a dog and and uh made made sure he gets uh, through the woods safely and while while going through the woods he heard this this music that's that was soothing. So what's the word? Soothing. Soothing. Yeah. 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 And and he he lost he lost his fear and went went through the woods. And as soon as he stopped hearing the music, he, he got scared again, and was sure the wolf was going to kill him. Hmm. So so people would start to to search in the area, and there was this um one scholar who came from from Persia who researched this uh creature only uh, known as aras and um found out that the horn because it was like an antelope like animal with with a long horn a single horn that has that had 42 to 74 tubes on the horn and they were all hollow so if the wind came if there was a little bit stronger wind the the horn could play music. Oh, on, so this is on the creature's head? Yeah, on the creature's head. Whoa. They, they are born like that, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's pretty cool. I mean, though, yeah. I have to say, if I saw a wolf with a bunch of horns, I would definitely be frightened. <laughs> Did he say, so I, mean, I guess the music then was like um, like wind chime-esque, you yeah. know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And... um. Yeah, the, the scholar researched more and uh, found out that this uh, monster could control the music the horn plays. So it could either play soothing music and chill every animal in its area, or could make um, this this angry sounds that doesn't even sound like music would um, make all all those those uh, animals uh, cry in fear. So, did the music have hypnotic capabilities or mood yeah, changing I would, capabilities? I would, I would say I would say it's like a hypnotic effect. Hmm. But um, yeah, it, it wasn't. They no one no one really found out because um, this this monster 
really fast got got extinct. The last appearance it made was uh, in the year uh, one thousand one hundred and twenty, and that's like the last time it appeared because. Of course, hunters would start hunting these monsters because uh, they would bring these horns to their kings and these kings would display them in their great halls and then these halls would either be like the most happiest places on earth or everyone who visited these king's halls would, would weep all day because they, they wouldn't control their own emotions. Oh, whoa. Could the kings blow on the horns to play the music? Or did the horns no, just no, it's, emit? It's, it, the horn would, would only play with wind. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the scholar um, even even wrote the book about all, all kinds of creatures he would encounter in his life. And, and he encountered a lot of creatures. And he later would uh, write the book called... Marvels of creatures and strange things existing. Okay. Even yeah, and um, even though he was Persian, he wrote this book in Arabic, which was um, the, the the Persian scholars would would actually hate him for that because he wrote in a he wrote a book in in not a native language of his. Why did he choose to write it in Arabic instead of Persian? Um, that's not not really clear. Hmm. But I think it's because the most. Uh, creatures he actually was was researching about he um, met uh, on in, in the middle east uh, more to the south of of the arab countries okay so he was writing then in the language that the creatures would speak or would yeah. be associated with that's interesting exactly. that's really that's actually really good scholarship i would have to say <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the book later got translated into Persian and Turkish, where they would only call it the wonders of creation. Mm, okay. There were there were later scholars who would pick up from the scholars' research and later make this monster or said that this monster would be a carnivore, which um, uses the music to lure animals into traps, but that never got um, confirmed. And was nowhere to be found in the first research of, of the of the scholar. Right. So this guy, the first guy who saw it then, he said that he was afraid and then the music played and he was really exactly. calmed. Yeah. But the animal, the wolf, didn't ever attack him. No, it didn't. Even after the music stopped playing. Exactly. And has it attacked anyone else? Or is it just kind of um, scary? The, the, there, there are no... no um, Oh, okay. Not a proof of. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 no proof of anyone attacking uh, humans or animals, but uh, it was known that it could make animals aggressive. Okay, and it, what was its size? Was it wolf sized, or did he say it's, that it's, it was it's, really big? It's, it was it was antelope sized oh. at first. Um, he thought, yeah, he thought he saw an antelope before he released. This antelope has a, has a horn, and and that's already the first monster. I like this one. I I uh, <laughs> sounds like a good boy. He hasn't really hurt anyone. Also, he sounds a bit like a unicorn, and unicorn is my favorite animal. Oh really? So yeah. So <laughs> that's a plus. But it'd be like a very fancy unicorn if it has one horn that has how many how many tubes did you say like 42 to 74 yeah that's so the, a the, lot of tubes yeah <laughs> no the, the horns are aren't um it's more like a tree with branches than than a single 
straight horn. Right. So it's like a like a moose or deer antlers. Yeah. Where they're like yes. branching and. Exactly. And is it on each side of its head? Then there are two of them. No, no, it's just it's, it's, the one that branches out in all these yeah. different. Okay. Yeah, that's that's like the fanciest unicorn ever. Okay, all right. I like I like that one. It's that's a nice wholesome start, especially because you already said that things are gonna get really scary. So yeah. I like that we started out really nice, and it's just it sounds like maybe a benevolent forest <laughs> creature who protects the forest. You know, I could see how humans being in your forest especially because it was a hunter is bad and so you just hypnotize them and then lead them out i mean that's a really great non-violent protest yeah but but in the end they they still went apparently extinct and and that really fast right so maybe they should have killed the hunters what you're saying <laughs> yeah or no, well maybe 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 create this this um animal army and and recruit them to to make sure no one enters the woods, no one leaves the woods. That would be very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Scary, but very cool. All right, what what do you have for me next? Yeah, as, as now, we slowly now, start to get into the scary <laughs> stuff. Now we're we're traveling a little bit forward in time, but not that far. And um, this this uh, monster um, apparently first appeared in the stories of uh, A Thousand and One Nights. Mm. Where where the where the sailor Sinbad um was on a sea and was attacked by um an eagle like creature, but this eagle was was enormous. I'm I'm talking uh, apparently this this uh, eagle could carry elephants. Whoa, that's a big. <laughs> that's eagle. a big eagle. <laughs> it's yeah, either a big was... eagle or the most buff eagle ever <laughs> the buffest eagle to ever exist yeah so what sinbad did to, to protect himself from from the uh, roaring sea was he um tied himself on one um one of the the, the eagle's leg to to make sure he escapes and a lot of people who who were fishers or um seamen uh would would talk or would, would tell that they that they saw this big eagle on the sea but no one really believed them until in the 13th century, Marco Polo was, was traveling on sea and he would tell that, actually, I have a quote from, from his diaries. Mm. He said, it was for all the world like an eagle, but one indeed of enormous size. So big, in fact, that the quilts were 12 paces long and thick in proportion. Oh, it is shit. so strong that it will seize an elephant in its talons and carry him high into the air and drop him so that he is smashed to pieces. Having so killed him, the bird swoops down on him and eats him at leisure. Oh my god, that's really <laughs> metal. It is. Polo claimed that the eagle he saw flew to Madagascar, and the great Khan sent messengers to the island who took longer than expected, and when they returned, they would bring a feather. And this feather was first of some thought just to be um, the, 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 the raffia palm that um, grows in, in Madagascar. And a single um, like leaf from the palm is 16 meters long, or that's uh, 52 feet. Oh my god. So that was supposed to be a feather. A 52 foot long feather. Yeah. They brought, they, they, that's the only thing they brought from 
from uh, this uh, animal, or not not really animal anymore. What color? What color was this eagle? Like brown? Yeah, it it, it looked like a normal eagle. It was okay. just the size of it was just enormous. So eagles are, you know, they're birds of prey, but yeah. I know that crows and ravens often drop food to break it and so it's interesting that it's this giant bird of prey that drops elephants to break them because that makes me think of Mm. of other types of birds because if it's so big why doesn't it just attack the elephant i guess it's it's easier to just break it open maybe it is (laughs) so did they ever find out whether or not the giant feather slash palm leaf was it from the palm tree um, it definitely, it definitely was was a feather. Mm. Uh, it just, it just looked like um, it could have originated from from this palm tree because they have like they had the same size. Okay. But it was definitely a, a, a feather, oh, and wow. um, this bird supposed to have even been on on Noah's ark. It was the the biggest animal that the ark would carry. So there have to be at least two of them then. Yeah. Uh-oh. But has it also, has it attacked any humans? There are no records of, I think humans are too small for, for, for this creature. That they would, they would, they would go, uh, they would hunger if, if they only feed on, on men. And how did the one that Sinbad tied himself to its leg, how did it feel about that, do you think? I, I'm not so sure, because... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the stories tell of Sinbad later telling the people that this creature would just leave him alone as soon as he uh, was on shore but um, when he first met the creature uh, he um, was was definitely scared and it appears that this monster was looking for food and expected expected Sinbad, uh, Sinbad's ship to carry some food. Well, now um, he seems like a really nice guy. I mean, if you have no problems with uh, carrying elephants so high and, and dropping them so they smash into pieces. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't do that, and I feel sad for the <laughs> elephants, but I would definitely never hold <coughs> eating against a predator. Hmm. You know, so yeah. it sucks for the elephants, but such is the circle of life, I suppose. Yeah. Later, um, there were scientists who who researched this um, animal and believed that the the Malagasy crowned eagle, who went extinct in the 15th century, shared many many uh, similarities with the creature uh, from from the stories. Hmm. Okay. And and this this uh, Malagasy crowned eagle was um, living in Madagascar, and that's where um, another um, maybe ancestor of uh, uh, where where maybe this. No, wait, let me think about it. No, it's the other way around. This creature is to, is supposed to be the ancestor of um, the the elephant bird who went also extinct. Uh, on Madagascar. What is the elephant bird? Is it the, the elephant bird is um a type of bird who is um who cannot fly but was big in size because uh, uh-huh. like uh what's called like a kiwi bird. Yeah, yeah. But kiwis are pretty tiny, aren't they? Maybe They they are. They yeah. are. So this but this was a big flightless bird. Yeah. Like an ostrich. 
like an ostrich. I was I was looking for for uh, the word. <laughs> I guess that's probably a more popular flightless bird than a kiwi. I don't know why <laughs> I thought of a kiwi bird first. <laughs> okay, interesting. I mean, yeah, if you saw ostriches, when we think of birds and we think of giant birds, we're like, well, of course there are no giant flight birds. But then if you were to see an ostrich flying, you'd be (laughs) like, that is the biggest fucking bird I've ever seen in my life. Like, there's something about giant birds in the sky that there's just no context for it, and so it's horrifying. No, it definitely is. Okay, is that that all for this guy? that's all for this guy. Okay. And that's all the, the Middle Eastern creatures I have brought. All right. So now we're moving to... Now we're moving to, to, the, to the Islamic world and the creatures this Islam is releasing to the world. And, and first of all, I'm, I'm going to speak bless her, um, because I don't like what happened last episode. I yeah. definitely don't like that. Yeah, we had we had some scary technical issues when we were talking about some scary things. So <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> um, a blessing to, to purge this bad, this badness from this podcast. That's Arabic, and that's translated to I seek refuge from the accursed devil in the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. And that's something you you get um, teached from from very early on. Like, I, I've learned this um, when I was four. Wow. And, and the mother told me that if, if, you, if you're scared, then just just say that because Allah is supposed to, to save you and he is saving you from everything that's that's um, that wants to harm you. Mm. It's such a beautiful language. Uh, as a native English speaker, English is such a ugly, awful language. <laughs> and then as someone who lives in Germany, no offense to all the Germans, but German is not known to be a beautiful language either. And so... <laughs> Arabic is is just it's lovely to listen to. It's like even when you're speaking it, it's like listening to a song. It's just so no, it melodic. is it is like yeah, melodic. It is very melodic. Well, thank Especially you. Especially when you, you when you blessing. listen. No, I've I've been I've been um for uh, the last half hour I've been uh, reading the Quran just to make sure, and I've I've got some some water for myself prepared because I'm not I'm not scared about talking about these creatures but i'm i'm simply scared of their existence mm-hmm. so um let's get to the first one and before that it's it's sad to break it to you all but if you ever heard about genies they are not your big blue ghosts who hide <laughs> lamps and just wish for you to to break free and then give you three wishes and then be gone there's there's more to that and the jinn were one of the well god created everything um, and when he created everything, he asked everything if they want to have a free will or not. So when uh, after the gods created the angels, he created the jinn out of uh, fireless, uh, smokeless fire. And he asked the jinn if they want to be um, have to uh, want want a free mind, and they choose to be uh, to have a free will. And the and angels did not. The angels did not. The okay. angels are. Uh, do not have free will right so that's why in islam we think that the devil satan 
was was not an angel but but one of the first jinn who have been created okay because the angels cannot refuse um god's will and yeah, that's well. such that's such an interesting dynamic because in well, i'm i'm sure you know but in in christian mythology and christian lore the fact that the devil satan lucifer said no to god was so powerful and so it's interesting to see the two dynamics of mm. an angel rebelling or a, a a subspecies being created that denies god with its very existence they're both very powerful and very scary in very different ways yeah so um the thing is with the gym they they are like like us humans they they live, they eat, they sleep, they marry. The only difference is that they live in in the underworld, another dimension, mm-hmm. and they have the the ability to to travel to our dimension and meet us. We just have no ability to to meet them, okay. and they all have the ability to to appear as humans or as animals. What does their natural state look like? Is that is that something then, that's agreed upon, or is it kind of contentious? No, it's 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 not agreed upon because okay. there is no proof of how they actually look. Mm-hmm. It's just often of how they appear to to the human eye. Right. Okay. And and um, they also can be um, killed if they appear as humans in our world. Oh. So okay. yeah, it is. What about as animals? If they appear as animals in our world, even, can they even, be killed? Yeah. They can be killed as soon as they manifest in in our world. Okay. They are not invincible anymore. But they still have their powers. Yeah, they still have their powers. Interesting. So, um, the first, the first of the jinn, they they have like how how should I say it? It's like clans with with the jinn. They have many clans, uh-huh. and they all have different abilities. They have, I, I would say, they like evolved. And the first, um. Ones I'm going to talk about are the most powerful ones. They are proud. They are arrogant. And when when they first came to Earth, they went and and um, went to to the seas, to the ocean, to rivers to seek uh, refuge there. That's where you mostly will find them. Um, where where they're living, where where that's the areas they inhabit. And that's a lot of areas on Earth. And um, over 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 the time, they they would they they started appearing in humanoid humanoid forms, and later um, take uh, like like uh, how should I say? It's like a hybrid form of part humanoid part um, sea creature, where they would appear with a shark head or with um squid arms Ooh. yeah (laughs) that's very scary (laughs) and yeah yeah they they wanted to have the seas for themselves so they would always um um or a lot of times attack seamen uh fishers travelers on sea and make sure that they do not return because they the jinn they have free will and they are good jinn they are bad jinn Mm -hmm. not all of them want to to eradicate all humans but but they are like they have this this hatred from from early on about the humans because they see humans as as the weaker race so and humans were made after jinns yeah the humans were the last thing god created and god created the first human adam out of clay mud so 
when when suddenly the jinn were supposed to kneel down before Adam, they um, thought that fire is way stronger than mud, so this human should have no right to be uh, kneeled upon on. Just a clarification for me, because I'm only familiar with, with Christian theology. Yeah. Were humans asked if they wanted free will? And if so, yeah. what, what was yeah. their response? Adam Adam was asked if, if he wants free will, and he chose the uh, free will. Okay. I'm, I'm not I'm not so sure what was his actual response was because uh, the thing is there's often like you you want to to tell a child the story so so you change a lot of uh, facts and then um, some people don't know it's it it really got um, unclear mm-hmm. how it actually was and I I would it would take way more time to to research. All of that, yeah, but yeah, yeah but 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 Adam, <laughs> Adam choose uh, free will. Okay, for, but we didn't humankind. get any special powers. No, we, so we, we kind of got the shit into the bargain. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you could say that. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, and and the, these gins are are very traditional. Um, they they would while while the world would evolve. Um as well as economical and, and, and in all kinds of ways, they would um, stay and, and keep um, just speaking Arabic. They, Arabic is the only language they, they still can speak, even though they are living on Earth for over 70,000 years for now. So they sound, they sound very stubborn. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> like, incre- like the most stubborn creatures ever. <laughs> And and I wouldn't say a normal gin, but like the lesser ones would, uh, where where they would just like try to take over a human uh, or I don't know would would attack a human. That the, um, this creature would would create storms and kill multiple ones uh, with the knees, mm. where they would just create like a thunderstorm uh, on on the sea, and yeah, would would try to kill everyone as fast as possible. I mean, I I definitely agree with the... Oh, I shouldn't say I agree with it, but I understand the push of like, okay, humans, you can't fucking have the ocean. Yeah. The ocean does not belong to you. Please leave the ocean. I, I, I understand that. The thing is, they, they never have, have said that they want the, the ocean for themselves. They just don't but, want us to have it. Yeah. Okay. I still, I can still respect that. Actually, right now, people who um, use use magic because um, Islam um, says that magic exists, but if you use magic, you're um, not allowed to enter the doors of heaven because as soon as you use magic, you do not believe that God is the only one who can protect you and save you. So the the, the doors of heaven would be closed for forever for you. As soon as you, know, you would touch magic in every in any kind of form, mm. and there are people who um, trap um, these jinn and objects, and I think that's where um, the the genie kind of um, thing originates because the King Solomon, as well as the Bible uh, says, he also exists exists in, in in the Quran as a prophet, and he he could he was the only one. 
who could talk um, to Jin and, and actually see them. And he, he would treat them like humans. And um, for the Jin, that, that was something new. But the, the these Jin were still so stubborn and wouldn't accept any any kind of possibility to, to talk to them. So they they actually attacked him, and King Solomon would trap them in in objects, and it would mostly be those oil lamps. So humans, if we use magic, we are barring ourselves from heaven. But if we use magical objects, or if we trap magical creatures, no, no, that doesn't count. Is, no, no, no. As soon as we we try to to okay. interact with 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 the with the jinn, so okay. because um. People would trap the jinn and then only release them if they do something for for the humans. So right. there are people who actually made a business out of trapping jinn and then um, ask or ask money for services. So if you want something, someone dead, you would pay those people and make sure that the jinn would kill this person or haunt him or whatever, because. They are this that powerful. Is it true that this? I mean, this is very basic, you know, fairy tale. You hear it all the time. Yeah. But that in magic, with magic, you can't mess with free will, which is where you get. Oh, I can't make someone fall in love with you, or I can't mm. make someone fall out of love. Are jinns beholden to that standard that they can't influence the free will of other creatures? No, the, the jinns can actually influence the free will, and okay. that's why. That's why um, the doors of heaven will be barred because you act like you act against this this law of nature. This is all very. I didn't know any of this. I think my my understanding of jinns is very very basic, and it's coming from an American perspective. So the way that yeah. we've interpreted or retold these stories is obviously with a different slant or a different understanding of the cultural and religious context behind it. But I just find it, I find it very interesting. And I really love the dynamics of this idea that you, you know, humans have chosen free will, but then that free will comes with a caveat and magic is natural. It's in nature. It was created by God, as God created everything, and yet it's still something that you can't mess with. And so that's when free will then becomes really quite a very, very interesting dynamic in that, yes, we have free will, which means that we can choose to disobey God, and we can choose to bar ourselves, in a sense, from heaven. And it creates, whereas the angels are seen as pure good because they don't have free will and so they always obey and the jinns are almost a an antithesis to that they have too much free will or rather they're so beholden to doing whatever they want that they're evil and then humans were were somewhere in the middle we can choose to be good and obey or we can choose to be bad and disobey hmm. yeah theology is just so <laughs> rich with stories and interpretations. And I think, you know, as, as an American who, who was raised with a, a Christian theological background, it's, it's, it's sad that we're missing out on, on so much of this. Uh, and we're mm. even barred from so much of our own theology, right? You know, we're always told the one version of the story and really that's it. And, yeah. but it's such a, it's such a, 
a rich landscape and it tells you so much about cultures that we can only study through stories because we just don't have access to a time machine. So we can't ask them what they were thinking or what they were doing or what the rules were or what society looked like. But stories and especially religious stories give us that, that insight. Hmm. I like I like these sassy gins, but I will admit that they are very they sound very scary. Yeah, and um, this that's it for the for the first of the gin. Now we we're moving to a, to another clan of gin. Okay. And they are to be said um, to be actually intelligent and and cunning, mm. in, in the natural form. And as soon as they came to Earth, they would start building these these complex societies like like humans would because. Um, they they actually saw um what or they they watched the humans how how they would evolve and then see the profits of of them living like they are and uh would like mirror um these these cities the humans were building they um preferred to to live in in caves and underground sanctuaries but there are a lot of stories where they would build camps and small small villages above ground, and they were influenced and by humans. So they saw they what were, humans were yeah. doing. Okay, they were they were very influenced by humans, and they are to be said the only one who were um, not not um, how should I say, they are the ones who who aren't instantly enraged as soon as they they see humans. They would actually um, leave humans alone as soon as they would not. Uh, as soon as human uh, or as long as humans do not step on their ter- territory mm-hmm. and there are a lot of these types of um jinn who are very capable because they learned um they 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 learned to craft they learned, mm. learned crafts and okay. try to improve their own their own societies and some of them even became religious and uh actually pray and um believe in god and um they are to be said um to have the most actually good in nature jinn hmm. and there was actually um a tribe of these jinn which helped um the king solomon build um his empire and he would treat them the same as humans in the city and they would have um the same laws in the kingdom, either human or uh, jinn would steal or kill. They would be treated the same. It's to be said that most of them appear when they are in human form. They would have horns or um, donkey hooves or or lion claws because they can't take full human appearance because they aren't that strong. But but what's missing missing them in, in these abilities? They they have the intelligence to to improve themselves okay i like that they know that they can do better they know that they can evolve so i imagine yeah. unlike the first set of jinn they don't only speak arabic even though they've yeah, been on they, this they, world they for 70,000 years they they learned the languages um human would speak and um try to to um communicate with with humans and even even trade with them there's this 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 flaw they have because um they they are very emotional i would say mm-hmm. and they would often uh fall in this rage because they they live longer than humans they they have a lo- longer lifespan and 
you could you could see them like like elves in fantasy that they would live way way longer than the the human counterparts and when they see their friends their their human friends die they would get get carried away in these emotions because humans have such a short lifespan that it's it's to be it's said that they um often get carried away in in revenge because they they have this this strong bond with humans that they would do everything to uh to make sure the the humans death has been avenged besides friendships do they are they known to marry or live with humans or do they just develop friendships there are there are many reports of of jinn actually living and and marrying humans so i can think of um that they i would i would say that yeah they they actually had more than just friendships with humans but mm. um they are the one who would um create these friendships uh, they they are the the ones who are often to we have uh, these these friendships with humans are there any known half gins like if you had a gin parent and a human parent would you be half gin or would you I be think, full gin or full human i think i think th- that uh, humans and gin cannot uh, Okay. I I haven't found anything about that. So it could be either because it hasn't happened, but I find that hard to believe. Just knowing humans, I feel like we <laughs> try to have sex with anything. Everything. Yeah, yeah. and so I, it's probably more likely that it just isn't possible <laughs> to procreate. <laughs> I can't imagine that there wasn't one human that was like, I'm going to have sex with that. <laughs> just to see. Just to see. It's for science. Just to see. Well, they yeah. they don't seem so bad. Yeah, I, w- I would I would say that they aren't bad, but still, but still, unbelievably we- powerful creations yeah. that live in another dimension that we don't understand. <laughs> exactly. Right. Okay. Is is that all? All the information that's, on the that's that's all the information on on these type of uh, cool. Gin. And these ones can also take human and animal. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. So all both both gins, the more aggressive ones and the more friendly ones, they all have the same powers. It's just how they've chosen to spend their time, essentially. Yeah. One's yeah, not exactly. more powerful than the other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in have you seen American Gods or read it? Yeah, I've I've seen American Gods and I'm 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 waiting for for the second uh uh season. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. But the djinn, so the djinn that was in the first season of American Gods, that would be the second type. I, w- I would say that they, they share a, l- a lot of similarities. And I think even that this type of, the, the American God djinn is, um, is actually um, the one I just talked about. Oh, okay. You think it's a specific djinn? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, this is I. Th- this one feels easy, only because the first two are like actual animals, and <laughs> not. I'm not into dating actual animals, though. I do love number one, the the horned uh, elk antelope sized animal. Oh wait, just a second. I just um looked up um the American Gods wiki mm-hmm. and 
the the gin from the show is actually the second type I just talked about. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that makes right. that makes sense because he didn't that he makes, didn't seem makes... super murderous, <laughs> and he he did give his sweater to that guy, so he seems very nice. I'm gonna show you some pictures. Oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. So this is so this is the first one, and uh, yeah, that's the first one. That's he's the, the sh- super cute. That's that's the Shatawar. Very the very cute. Is, Does it have cloven feet? Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah. Okay. And the thing is with them that uh, scholars aren't really sure how to pronounce this um, creature because the the Arabic and the Persian uh, languages interfere with each other when they talk about this this creature mm-hmm. because it's either Sadhawar or Shadhawar, so they aren't um, really um, finding uh, mm-hmm. how should I say there's no common ground when they right. talk about. There's there's no agreed upon pronunciation, so I yeah, guess we exactly. can kind of do either way. Well, he's very cute. He looks very friendly. He, um, I guess he does look like an antelope, but he has his ears are different. They're they, yeah, they look like uh, they kind of look like pig ears to me, but hmm. that's probably just the drawing. The so they're kind yeah. of like triangular. Um, and the horn actually is completely different than what I was picturing. So in this, oh, the really? horn comes out of the forehead and then it arches back, mm. going towards its tail. And then it's one thick tube, one thick horn, and then it has, you know, the tubes coming up and all around it. So it, it looks like, it kind of looks like coral, almost. Yeah, yeah, it actually does. I was imagining the horn being almost entirely centered over its head so it branching mm. up and out oh like right. tree yeah. roots kind of yeah. so this this yeah. looks much more functional than what i was picturing <laughs> but it also the horn it looks like it has a little tip a little point so it might be a little sharp there i would definitely feed him food hmm. i would let him live in my garden <laughs> the second one okay yeah that's terrifying this is a giant ass eagle with an elephant in his talons and he looks so mad that's um, it's a beautiful drawing, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't like it's... this. I don't like this. He looks <laughs> too. He looks too mad. Birds. I will say that birds are a little scary. I don't. I'm not afraid of birds, but sometimes if a bird looks at me, I do get a little afraid. Like if it, because if it wanted to, there, I really couldn't defend myself against a bird. I really hmm. couldn't. Like I know that I'm bigger than it, but they also are very fast and very loud and they have very sharp features and I think a bird could definitely kill me if it wanted to. And so this angry when you were talking about it, I was like, "Oh, it's just a giant bird that eats elephants." But this guy looks very aggressive and mean and angry and I think that he's scary and I don't like him. Hmm. That's that's the rock or our rock. Our rock. It depends. Yeah, for for the bo- for the two gins, I have no pictures because um, yeah. artists get get really crazy when when they're supposed to um, uh, paint a simple gin. But um, I've seen that in the Dungeon Dragons Fifth Edition Monster Manual, they are both uh, presented, and I would say that they get closer. To um to to the appearance of of how they would actually appear to us then oh that's interesting 
Okay. Yeah. I'll have to. I have the. I have the manual, so I'll definitely have to look it up and see what how how they how they draw them. Because I I definitely sympathize with you where, uh, you go to like look up any type of humanoid creature, and mm. there's always so many photos of them drawn as very product very provocatively yeah. dressed women. <laughs> <laughs> even even when I'm looking up like the seal people or the otter people there will always be like one with boobs and i'm like what <laughs> who is doing this who is drawing it like this uh so so i i completely empathize with you having to try and find a picture that isn't very clearly someone drawing their fetish yeah so um the, the first gen i talked about is the the merit and this, this this word actually means rebellious in in the Arabic language. Ah, okay. Even though they can appear as full human, they now choose to appear with a uh, sea life um, features. While the second one uh, has to have these features because they can't fully um, take human form. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the second one? The second one is called the. Uh, Ifrit. Ah, I've heard, okay, I've heard of Ifrit, but I didn't realize that it was a type of djinn. I had always thought that it was a friendly spirit, so (laughs) that's interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to look and see what, what I had been reading about the Ifrit and how it Mm. differs from the description of a djinn. What, does Ifrit mean anything? Um, I have found no, no translation like that. But I bet there is some. Okay. So I, I have to say that if I if I were choosing, definitely the Ifrit are the, mm. the friendliest and the most crushable. But I, I will admit that I am, maybe because I have always been reading folklore and mythology and, you know, monster movies, there is something that's very scary to me about dating any creature <laughs> that's incredibly powerful and almost godlike. Hmm. Uh, th- there's, all, there's a part of me that's like, girl, that's stupid. Like, you do not want to <laughs> get involved with this. So I think I think I would go on a date with the Ifrit, but I would maybe just want to be friends. Yeah, just just like call him once once a week and <laughs> ask about how how his week went. Exactly, and then like, maybe maybe yeah. drink a coffee. Yeah, we'd get coffee every now and again and like talk about any new books that we'd read. But I really just the the especially as a woman dating a godlike creature, I just know that I'm gonna be killed. <laughs> to kind of push his narrative forward, you mm. know, in a revenge type arc. So or or maybe even by by his friends which are not like human friends and they don't like that this Ifrit is um having a human friend. So <laughs> Exactly. I just I would be worried about my my chances of longevity in a relationship with a creature this powerful, but they do sound very friendly. Uh, and also, I will say that even though the Marid sound very scary, I I respect them. I respect their mm. choice for free will, and I respect that they use it liberally, even though maybe they don't like me. I would definitely give them a wide berth. I'm not the type of person who'd be like, please, but like me, please like me, like me, like me. I, I understand why they don't like 
humans and i can yeah. i can respect that all right well uh thank you so much this was this was a really really great episode i learned a lot especially because our show so far has been very western centric hmm. uh i really appreciate someone with a little more authority and knowledge digging into this because I'm afraid that I would get everything wrong and I would pronounce everything wrong and I would just end up looking like a stupid white American girl. <laughs> and so I appreciate this episode a lot. It it was very interesting. And yeah. thank, thank you, you so for much. Me. Do you want to plug where, where people can find you? Uh, are you just on Twitter or? I'm, I'm not actually doing anything. I mean, I have all kinds of accounts, but I, I'm not producing any kind of content. I just, uh, yeah, I'm your casual Twitter user. Right, and the that's... Nobody know, that's the underscore nobody know. And no spelled, o yeah, and, and, and yeah. Perfect. <laughs> what, what is the reasoning behind that name, if I may ask? Oh, sure, yeah, that's that's a story. Uh, it's it's very simple, because in when I was in fifth class, we started talking about uh, Greek mythology. And then uh, go to to the Odyssey, and I I instantly loved the stories of Odysseus and and his men traveling back to to his home, and then there's this one story where uh, they end up on on this island uh, with 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 the Cyclops, and when um, Odysseus went into the home of this one cyclop the cyclop asked his name and he said that his name was no one and later they would um blind the cyclop and the cyclop would open his door because there was this big stone blocking the door so the humans wouldn't escape and he yelled no one is here no one is trying to kill me and the the other cyclops would uh, just think that um, this one cyclops is, is, I don't know, he, he's yelling, no one's trying to kill me. So what's what's this problem? And I was just so amazed by the story. Um, I, I started or, or create this this uh, this username, the nobody, and then the no at the end to make it like a, a double double negative because there is actually someone. There is not nobody. I simply got like... Uh, inspired by Odysseus and yeah I've, I've been carrying that username now for at least 10 years yeah oh wow that's that's dedication that's that's dedication that's a brand now <laughs> that's a brand <laughs> okay awesome uh well again thank you thank you so much this yeah, was thank you. a really great episode and I think everyone's really gonna like it it was very yeah, I hope informational I hope. We're back on our bi-weekly schedule, and so our next one on August 27th will be with Ellie. And that will be another listener's choice, so keep an eye out for the poll. I think I think that's it. I think that's the end, so thank you so that's much. That's it. Bye-bye. Bye! -bye. Bye.